Welcome back to RinkWise, everyone. We are New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. We're back at it again, fresh on the scene, back with Evan Miranovsky to deliver a high-quality Men's Hockey East preview. Evan, welcome back to the show. I am happy to be here, Stephanie. You're remote today, but I can see you on the screen. You sound great. We should have you in here as like a like a like a mock body with your with the the screen on the face, which is you. It'll pretend like you're actually here. But it's great. I'm happy to be back. That would be great. Yes, it's keeping very busy these days. As so, I appreciate this. I am not in studio, but certainly joining via Zoom and happy to deliver our hockey content and. You're doing a wonderful job holding down the fort in studio well, for us. Stephanie, we do have to congratulate you, and we'll get into this more in the women's college hockey episode, diving in a little deeper, but uh, you are now an assistant coach for the Merrimack women's team. That is a big freaking deal. That is a big freaking deal. And I say congrats. Yaz certainly says congratulations as well. Congrats, Steph. And uh, yeah, Evan, I'm I'm online now trying to order the card, cardboard cutout, <laughs> Stephanie. And they're going to sell like hotcakes, I think, by the way. Yeah. So, like, like a fat head. Looks, I really appreciate that, of course. And definitely big news. It's been a month or so. Really excited to get back to Division One. So that's the first time for me back since I was playing at Northeastern. And I, I appreciate, too, I think I just take a time to appreciate everyone who took the time to reach out because there was a lot of people who sent... Uh, a lot of really nice messages, and it is very much appreciated. Obviously, it was a outstanding run at Austin Prep, and I keep saying I've loved every year that I was there, and will never forget it. But you know, I just felt it was the right time, I think, to try to push myself and get out of my comfort zone. And like I said, just really excited to get back to the Division One level. And now, when you play Northeastern, it's going to be tough. You're going to be. Are you going to be like a sleeper agent for the Huskies or you're all Merrimack now? So you kind of put that aside. Well, we're, we're coming in hot this year and definitely, definitely have that one circled on, circled on the calendar for sure. But again, we're, we're just getting started and that's a really, it's going to be a fresh, fresh season for Merrimack women's hockey. But of course we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into the women's segment. Yeah, no, I'm excited to take it into that, but we got, we got the men's first and there's a lot. There's a lot on this one, right, Steph? There's a ton, and it's almost like where to begin, right? There's just so many great things to talk about. So, Evan, why don't you start us off? What really excites you, number one, leading into the Men's Hockey's preview? So what excites me most is, to me, this is the year of the rookie in Hockey East. You look at Hockey East has never had a problem getting talent. It's, it's arguably the top conference. In college hockey, obviously, the Big Ten is right there. The NCHC is right there. But Hockey East has never had a problem getting in top prospects. And that has never been more true than this year. You look at BU has Macklin Celebrini coming in, who was the is the projected number one pick in the 2024 NHL draft, lit it up in the USHL last year, and is someone that NHL teams who are not very good are viewing as the guy that kickstarts their franchise again, and he'll be at BU this this winter, along with Tom Willander, who was taken 11th overall by Vancouver in the last NHL draft. So two high-quality prospects going to BU. You look at BC, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot. Obviously, every listener of this most likely knows Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. Will Smith uh, from Lexington, Ryan Leonard out from Amherst. I mean, two local prodigies who have chose BC. And it's always good, Stephanie, to see 
guys who grow up in New England playing here pick schools that are local. And that is the definition. Will Smith and Ryan Leonard going to BC. It's funny, you know, I'm glad we're recording this uh, on Thursday, September 28th, because on September 27th, Cole Eiserman decommitted from Minnesota and uh, announced his commitment to go to Boston University. Interesting. So that Very is interesting. Newburyport kid who you it's rare. I'm actually working on a column on this actually right now. It's rare to see a kid from New England say I'm going to Minnesota and uh, credit to him. And but now he's coming back to, to BU uh, and he'll he's projected to begin there next season. But again, local kid picking a hockey school. Uh, Gabe Perot, though, another one from BC, 23rd overall in the past draft. Uh, then you go even, you know, past the BUBC rivalry, you've got UMass. Had a tough time in net last year. They got Michael Hrabel coming in, second round pick from Arizona in the last draft. Six foot seven. This is a big freaking boy. This it kid's big. Covers <laughs> a lot of net. I'm going to assume oh, yeah. he covers a lot of net. Oh, yeah. It's, Guys like that. Yeah, not easy to score on uh, a guy like that. Definitely don't go, don't try to go high on him. But again, that's a guy who, that's a arguably, I would say, the top goalie prospect in Hockey East. And you've got him playing here. Maine has Bradley Nato. Maine's first first round pick, I believe, in like 30 years, almost 30 years. 30th overall in the 23 NHL draft. Just an outstanding player, lit up the BCHL. His brother, Josh, who's two years older, because it's college hockey, is also entering as a freshman. And he was also very good last year. He's an 03, Bradley's an 05. So to have those two high caliber players at Maine of all places, who was just our cover, by the way, Maine was our cover of the the college hockey preview edition of our magazine. So you got those in Hockey East. And then to show some love for outside of Hockey East, we got to show love and and appreciation and mention to uh, the reigning national champion Quinnipiac Bobcats. We can't can't forget them. Forget Um, them, right? Sort of of important. A little bit. Little yeah. bit. They did, they did yeah. something a little bit back in back yeah. in April that was fa- fairly mm-hmm. significant. But they have Andon Zerbone coming in, who is a local kid from Connecticut. I scored three game-winning goals in the the fa- Youngstown Phantoms trip to the Clark Cup last year, and then scored like I think it was seven or six or seven during the regular season. So he just he scores a lot of big goals. He's a big prospect. I don't know if he's on the level. He's not on the level of like the Max Celebrinis and the Will Smiths, but he's a very strong prospect. I think someone that could come in and make an impact immediately for Quinnipiac. So, but in terms of hockey East, there's a lot of top rookies that will be playing there this year, obviously in future years as well. But to have a guy like Celebrini there, Smith, Leonard, Nato, I mean, there's a lot of guys, Perot, Willander, like there's a lot of guys. And it's not just the BUs and the BCs. There, there are prospects, as I said, at Maine, UMass, Providence has some interesting uh, prospects. Like, there are all of these rookies, and we'll get into Hobie Baker candidates in a bit. There's some crossover with rookies, which does not happen every year in college hockey, like that where freshmen are making such a big impact. So I think hockey is going to have a lot of impact freshmen, guys that come in. Stephanie, this, like, coming in as a freshman, you got to adjust. College is fast. It's bigger. It's better. It's different than juniors. But these kids seem like they could come in and make a real impact from day one. So I think that's, to me... That is the top storyline heading into this year. What do you think? Well, listen, there's a lot of great stuff there, right? To really, we can we can dive into. And first off, I think revisiting the comment you made of how great it is to see some of the top local talent that is staying local, right? Within our 
New England or Boston-based schools. We love that, right? I mean, in you fact, it's, we spend years following these kids and just really sort of the pride of New England, if you will, right? And continue to follow their careers and hopefully they can go on even even further. But we love seeing that, right? I mean, how awesome that we we get to track and follow these kids and then we get to do it for another four years, hopefully, right at the college level. Yeah, and that's it's it's such an interesting point because now and even 10 years ago before that in college hockey, I don't think there were as many options outside of the region as there are now. Now, I mean, the Big Ten is every team's good. The atmospheres are incredible. Uh, those schools are heavily, heavily involved in the hockey world and want, you know, your Michigans, your Michigan States, your Penn States, your Notre Dames, they want their hockey teams on the same level as their basketball and football teams, or at least close to it. And then you look at the NCHC, you got North Dakota, which is basically an NHL team. I mean, if you've seen like the oh, yeah. inside, those facilities, I mean, my God, that is an NHL right? team. Yeah. You've ever seen one. Yeah. And you, you have other teams in the NCHC. You have Arizona State joining the NCHC. I believe it's next season. So like you have all of these options outside the region. That's why it's not a surprise. It's not, it's not a huge surprise that Cole Eisman would look at a Minnesota and say, I want to go there because Minnesota, and I even mentioned them inside the Big Ten, arguably the most historic program in the Big Ten. They have an amazing facility. They have an amazing atmosphere. That place is packed every night. Like a great track record of guys going to the NHL. So I think it's it's really cool to see guys like Will Smith, Leonard, Hagens, James Hagens is New York, but he recently committed to BC. He played at Mount. I'll give him the New England status. <laughs> I will I will welcome him in. And same with Cole Iserman and even a guy like Andon Zerbone, right? Like you have a lot of these guys who are from here and saying, no, I want to play at schools in this area. And I think even some of these with Hockey East, your mains, I remember when I was at UMass, like when UMass won the national championship, in, in 21, I think there was only like one kid from New England on the roster. It's mo a lot of those schools like Maine, UMass, UNH, they pick outside. And you you, said, you probably see this all the time. They pick from outside the New England sphere because they figure, hey, the really good kids from New England are going to want to go to the Beanpot schools or, or, or somewhere else uh, in the region. But I think it's really good to see local talent going to uh, local schools. Oh, it's it's wonderful, right? And again, a couple points that you brought up with regards to the freshmen and then and then also just the recruiting. Like so now sort of being back in it, if you will, I've the last four or five weeks for me have been extremely educational, just getting kind of recalibrated again with the college process. And oh, I think I think you're spot on. I think a lot of the top end local talent really you kind of grow up and seeing the bean pot and and that sort of thing so those boston based schools maybe have a bit of an advantage so i'm finding schools that don't fit that you do have to think a little bit outside the box with your recruiting right because there's yeah. only everyone's going after the same pool of kids right so and we've talked about this on previous podcasts where now it's it's not just across the North America, but it's it's in Europe and, and what have you. So, of course, some of those schools like UMass and what have you, they, they do have to think outside the box a little bit with their recruiting. Oh, it's funny, though, Stephanie, is Merrimack to I'm not just saying this because you're an assistant coach on the women's side, but I'm saying this because it's true. Merrimack's two best players are from Massachusetts. Matt Capone and Alex Jeffries are both natives. Ah, so. I mean, there are ways to do it. There are ways to find good prospects and hope they project well and high ceilings and all that stuff. But I think for the Capone and Jeffries were not on the level of Will Smith and Ryan Leonard when they were recruited. Sure. So I, 
it is good to see some of the top end guys picking local schools because I know and from talking to a lot of different college coaches and kind of being around the ranks and stuff there is a sentiment of I think there's always that worry for the hockey schools and I know there's always the pressure of the west of like the western schools and I say west like midwest big 10 NCHC that those schools are legitimate draws I mean Minnesota State I know they're they're not either of those conferences but they just got Tyler Russo from Cushing and Tyler Russo is a solid defensive prospect and it's rare you see a kid from around here go to a Minnesota State so I think over the next couple of years it's not, I don't think it's going to be like a, a ton of kids going out there but I think there is that pull of oh, like what about the Big Ten what about the NCHC but staying on topic for for the rookies of this year, I think that to me, that's the number one storyline in Hockey East. Aside from like BCBU rivalry is, is, is very hot. I mean, that's going to be must watch stuff as it always is. But I think this year it's going to be must watch. But we'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to that in a bit. The, the yeah, whole and, and why don't we why don't we start with that a little bit? So in, in terms of just sort of doing a bit of a preview with Hockey East. So I know we have Boston University, of course, on the top of our list. And how could we not? Right. So both BU, BC under the leadership of fairly new coaches. And of course, I think Merrimack College men, huge storyline as well. But Boston University, I mean, they they are really I mean, it's a dynasty of a program from years past. And it really looks like they are on track to getting, I think, to that level again consistently. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I agree. I think we put them at number one in our writers poll. I think the USCHO poll came out earlier this week that we're recording. BU was number one in the country. Again, BU was at the Frozen Four last year. They didn't lose a heck of a lot. Lane Hudson is back, which we'll get to when we talk Hobie. They they have Celebrini coming in. There's a lot of good depth pieces there. The, the only really big loss in my eyes was Drew Camesso in net, who went to Chicago, went to the Blackhawks. They have Matthew Garan, Garan coming in, who's a really strong goalie out of Brown. Had a really, really good year at Brown last year. Veteran player, so again, can kind of step in and probably most likely not take a while to to adjust. So B, BU to me is the the favorite, I think, in not just Hockey East, but the country. But it's interesting because like BC is right behind them. And BC is behind them in like in our poll. They're behind them. Uh, I think they were sixth in the USCHO poll. So BC's one that I think finished ninth in Hockey East last year. They had a they had a tough first year under Greg Brown is it was expected they were a younger team some of their old yeah yeah they were young they were young and yep. they could never really figure it out in net but this year they have Jacob Fowler coming in from Youngstown who's a really terrific goalie uh a guy they're high on and I think he'll be fighting for for the starting job uh you have that incredible recruiting class of Will Smith you've Cutter Gautier who fifth overall pick for the Philadelphia Flyers in 2022 he's staying for this year so like if you pair Gautier with 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 Will Smith and potentially like a Ryan Leonard, we don't know the lines yet that they'll run with. But if that's the case, I mean, that's a line that is going to produce a lot of offense. So BC's right behind them. And then Merrimack is three. I would put Merrimack at three. I mean, Merrimack is a strong team. They almost won Hockey East last year. They got to the tournament. A lot of returning guys. They have the same goaltending duo of Hugo Olas and Zach Borgiel and Nett. You got Jeffries, Brar, and, and Capone up front. Like, to me, that's a team, and now they're not really the underdog anymore. They're not the underdog. They were last year. I think this year, people, are, they have expectations. I remember at Hockey's Media Day, I saw Dan Jewell, the assistant who was, or I think he's the associate head coach, was, was uh, talking there and saying how, like, now there's pressure on them. They've got to they've kind of rise to the occasion. So to me, the top three are pretty clear. 
the bottom two teams are clear in uh, in UVM and UNH. UVM's had a really tough summer, obviously with the stuff on uh, Todd Woodcroft, uh, that stuff, him having to resign, and then losing Alex Bent, who was their top recruit in many, many years. And then UNH is kind of on, a, on I don't think on paper, near the, the rest of the pack. But then the middle, the middle, Stephanie, is just wide open to me. It's completely wide open. So. Seems to be the way, right? With yeah. times, it's the top might be easy, the bottom easy. It's it's the in between, right? That's that's always a little bit maybe the gray area. But I think uh, a lot of great stuff you mentioned on the first three teams. Obviously, BU, BC, Merrimack, Boston College. Uh, of course, again under new leadership, thought they were very young last year. But Evan, what I was really impressed with was how much that group improved from start of the season to the end and really how much a very young group, I would say, evolved as the season went on. So I had a chance to see them play Merrimack College in the hockey's playoffs at the end of last season. And again, it was almost like watching a different team, right? Just how yeah. far that coaching staff was able to take that young group. So I'm really excited to see what they do this year. But, but again, just such a young team. And how far they came last season. I mean, I think that was that was like a marathon playoff game, if you remember, right? There was yes. You're kind of like at a point, you're like, is this ever going to end? But Merrimack finally went on to win. But but again, just so impressed with how far that team came in one season last year. They did, and I think you even look at to this season how far they will, you know, have come from the beginning of last season. And again, I think. They have a really strong coaching staff over there with with Greg Brown and and Mike Ayers and and Brendan Buckley. They they are good at recruiting. They're good coaches. They know they know what buttons to push. And I just think that in general, that's a team that has the star power. They have they seem to have some stability in net. They should be challenging BU for number one all season, all season long. They should. And then again, you look at even a Merrimack. Like Merrimack is now in amongst the top three there. And I think for Merrimack, obviously it's great for this season. It's great for all that, but I think it's also great. And Stephanie, you see it now. You mentioned it a little bit earlier and we discussed it a bit. Recruiting. Kids are now seeing, oh, Merrimack is right there with BC and BU. Maybe I want to go to Merrimack. Like, I think having that, I think it's such a good thing for Merrimack. Again, I'm not trying to 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 do this because you're with Merrimack now. But it's it's genuinely true, and we'll get to some other teams that I think benefit from this kind of effect too. Being at the top, it does a lot in terms of recruiting, and so I think this is a good thing for Merrimack long term. Whether they go to win Hockey East this year, whether they go on to win the national championship, or whether they're out in the first round or, or whatever it is, it's good for recruiting them being mentioned in amongst these top schools because they're built. Scott Bork and staff are building something out there, and again. It's it's a unique location, as but I think that a school like Merrimack in general is going to benefit from being even mentioned in the top teams, no matter what ends up happening this year. Obviously, championship is the goal, but I just think the long-term implications of Merrimack being at the top three are, are pretty big. Absolutely, yeah. And first, I think just getting back to the, the BUBC, I mean, it really looks like we are gearing up for just one of the best college rivalries that ever existed, right? And yeah, since the I'm happy existence I live of, nearby. <laughs> yeah, like since since the beginning of time, if you will, right? BU men men's hockey versus BC men's hockey. I mean, that's just a rivalry that is as classic as they come, right? And oh, yeah. we'll see plenty of 
punches back and forth between those two programs. And Merrimack, I mean, I think, listen, I think a winning culture is a winning culture. And the Merrimack men have done a phenomenal job. And I think particularly they have really capitalized, like this is a, a great discussion point, really how the transfer portal is ultimately, I would say, changing the landscape of college athletics, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. they, whether you love it or you hate it, doesn't matter because it is this is part of NCAA sports now right the transfer portal like it back in my day it used to be that you had to jump through hoops if you wanted to transfer and now it's just it's it's a lot easier so they really did well with the transfer portal I remember having uh, coach Scott Bork on the pod last year and ultimately he's like it's it's like coaching a group of men right now there's a lot of veterans and versus some of the the younger kids that come in as freshmen or what have you so on a great point, Evan, they're, the expectation is now higher, right? So they're ranked third entering Hockey East. And as they say, pressure is a privilege. So now if there's pressure on them, it means that they've elevated their game and uh, the expectations are much higher for them going into the season. And again, I think that's where a, a team like a Merrimack actually has an advantage on a BC or even a, a BU in that, especially on a team like a BC, right? Let's say we're comparing Merrimack and BC. BC has more star power. BC has the higher power recruits. BC, obviously, a little more storied program. Merrimack has the vets. And in college hockey, veteran teams win. Like, you look at, I remember Minnesota State when they, are not Minnesota State, Denver played Minnesota State in the national championship in 2022. And those were two older teams. Those are two teams. They Both teams beat out Michigan and Minnesota, who were younger, had more star power. That Michigan team had like Maddie Beniers, Owen Power, Kent Johnson. The veteran leadership, that some that often wins out. So again, I don't put Merrimack above either of those two teams in BC or BU yet, but it would not surprise me if Merrimack was in amongst those teams throughout the entire year and beating them when they play them because they have that, uh, they have those vets. So I'm curious for that, but I yep. touched on the, the, the big thing, which is, the middle, the four through like nine spots in Hockey East. Honestly, you could flip a coin. You re- we could Stephanie, we could sit here and like flip a coin and say, all right, if this lands heads, Northeastern's going to be four. If it lands tails, Northeastern's going to be not. Like, I do think you can slot people anywhere. Now, my team, my team, I think that's going to be battling for the four or five spot that I don't know if other people are also feel the same way, but it's Maine. I think Maine is going to be a really good sleeper choice this year. I'm I'm really sticking with this. This is like my big my big men's hockey East prediction. I think Maine is going to be legit this year. They were on our cover, so maybe the bias. But and Mark Diver had a terrific story on that. It's up on the website. That's in the magazine. If you want to go look at that online, or if you get it to your house, which is a great idea. It's a really nice magazine. But they had Lyndon Breen and Ben Poisson return to their two top offensive guys. Lyndon Breen, I think, led all of Hockey East in goals last year. Victor Ostman is back, one of the top goalies in Hockey East. Senior said, you know what? I'm coming back. I want to win. Ben Barr, as head coach, I think is an outstanding head coach. I think he was instrumental in turning around UMass with Greg Carvel and, and Barr. I think an outstanding recruiter, and I just think he has that three-year plan of getting Maine and wherever he's at back to prominence. UMass did it in year three. Maine last year was on the cusp. They were, I think they might have been right under 500 or right around it at least. I think they're poised to take a step this year. You also have Bradley and Josh Nato coming in as like high-power freshman recruits. So 
Maine to me is the team that I see. And again, they have expectations now. Maine, I see as a team that is four or five. That to me is like my, not my, I guess my sleeper pick in a sense, my hot take. But I don't think it's that hot of a take, Stephanie, because I think they are good. So Maine would be like out of the middle. Maine is the team that like I would project to be in the four or five spot. Yeah, and, and it should be super interesting because I think, as you said, the middle is it's going to be it's going to be great for us audience to watch these games yes. because every game is just going to be so close. But of course, if you're these programs, like you have to really show up every single night, right? So, yes. and just so our audience is aware, so with the preseason hockey East polls right now, number four was Northeastern, five UConn, six Providence, seven UMass Lowell eight Massachusetts and nine Maine. And then of course, 10 New Hampshire, 11 Vermont. So when, and if anything, Evan, if, if our audience has learned by now is that generally your predictions are usually quite accurate (laughs) and supported with a lot of research and I think thought that goes into it. And I mean, Maine's a renowned program, right? It's just years past. It's a, it's a renowned program. And I, I don't think we've seen quite that stature in, in, in recent years, but no. so it's time though. That's why every season's a brand new season. And certainly, as you've mentioned, they're, they're starting to get the pieces necessary to get back, I think, to that level. Yeah. And again, they're, I think they're doing some renovations on Alphond Arena. And again, like you mentioned it, they're a storied program. Like that's a team with a ton of history. I would argue they have the nicest jerseys in college hockey. I think they're the cleanest. I just think the, the blue and the white, I just think it, it's perfect that the, I've never been up there. Black I've, Bears. The Black yeah, Bears. The Black Bears. I've always wanted to go up there and see a game there because whenever, like I remember a year or two ago, they played UNH for like Nesson's game of the week and it was just bananas. And like, I just think they have the makings of getting back to that level. That's why I'm shocked they were nine. You mentioned that. I forgot they were ninth in that preseason poll, which is kind of surprising. I would expect them to be a little higher, but it also... I get the, like, UConn has Matthew Wood coming back, who we'll get to in a bit, who's 15th overall to the Predators as a 17-year-old, led UConn in points last year, 34 and 35, I think, last year. He was, that team is really good. Northeastern lost their star goalie and Devin Levi, but again, I think Northeastern has some really good pieces around that roster. Jerry Keefe always has that team competitive, this and that. So, and then Providence is another sleeper. Just, I think Providence has... Some good guys coming in. They've got some good guys returning. Phillips fed back and Nets a really strong goalie. He's a Bruins prospect. Like that's a team. Nate Lehman always has that team going. So that wouldn't sh- like they wouldn't shock me if they were four or five either. And then UMass. I mentioned Hrabel and Net, but you even look at when Morrow are staying. That Dan's Locks Malice is another good freshman coming in. Their problem last year was they couldn't score goals. And in Net, they had a really tough time. And Hrabel kind of solidifies that this year. And then up front, I think there's some good guys coming in who can contribute, guys getting older. So I I think it's going to be wicked close, that four through nine range in hockey East, because it's going to be decided by a hair. Because I just, I think any of those teams could slot anywhere. My pick again is just, I think Maine finishes near the top of that four through nine group. Interesting. It's going to be very tight. For sure. And uh, that's great. It's great for the league, great for hockey, it's great for the viewers and the audience. The only high pressure is for the teams because you have to show up every single night. And Evan, one of the really cool things I think also worth mentioning, a place like Maine, for example, right? I mean, listen, you're there's not a whole lot around that campus. Right? No. You're in the middle of, that's what they call it, Black Bear Nation. But 
the really cool thing sometimes with a, a program like that is it is a, as you said, a storied program. Like it is talk about the pride of Maine, right? So, I mean, you are really, I mean, there's the attendance for the games, right? I mean, everybody comes out to watch you Maine, right? Play these big games. And uh, so again, just kind of a cool thing because it's, it's just very different than some of these big Boston-based schools. I mean, Stephanie, look at North Dakota. North Dakota, that team, the, the Fighting Hawks are the only thing going on there. I mean, yes. like, what yeah. is that? There's more, there is so much more happening in Maine than North Dakota. I mean, it's North Dakota. I, I've never been there, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot going on. But program's they, amazing, right? Program's the, incredible. Uh, they, they, yeah. they, they, they put tons of money into it. That it is a full, it's like an NHL program. It's an NHL factory. I just saw a thing on Twitter. They, they, they renovated this new space that shows all the North Dakota guys in the NHL. It's beautiful. I mean, if you're a kid walking in into that arena and walking into that program to look for the first time, you're on a tour, you're visiting, you are stunned. I mean, you forget that you're in North Dakota. You forget that like there's not much going on around because you go in there and it's like, man, we are the biggest thing here. And right. it is. Yeah. I mean, they sell, it's packed every game. They're always good. They're always successful. They do such a good job out there. Why can't Maine be like that? When I get, I get it. I I trust me. I understand that Hockey East, everywhere is very close. UNH uh, is close to, Providence is close to UConn, is close to UMass, is close to BU, BC, Northeastern. I get that. Maine, obviously, it's a farther bus ride. Teams don't do home and homes there. I get that. Still, though, there is that potential. And I think Ben Barr is tapping into that potential at Maine. I, I really believe that. So, yeah, if North Dakota can do it, Maine can freaking do it. So that's my take. Absolutely. Well, we'll certainly find out. But uh, so lots of talk on the teams and what we uh, project or the landscape of hockey. East. But let's talk players like we have yes. a, a ton of just high end players and maybe some Hobie Baker candidates for, for the season. So, Evan, where do you where do you want to start with that? Tons of selections that we can look at. Yeah, there is. It's almost hard to pick. I will start with someone I don't think we've mentioned or we mentioned once. I, but We kind of glossed over him. Uh, Lane Hudson at BU. I think Lane Hudson, defenseman, smaller guy, led Hockey East in scoring last year as a freshman defenseman, which is crazy. Ended up being seventh in the country in points with 48. As dynamic as it gets on D, he's back. Decided to come back for a sophomore year. I'm really curious what he adds to his game. Does he have an even bigger jump in points? Does he focus more on his own zone? Is it both leadership? All these types of things. So to me, I look at Elaine Hudson. I think nationally, he is one of the favorites for the for the Hobie Baker. So that's a guy I put at number one for Hobie Baker candidates in Hockey East. I think right behind him is his teammate, Macklin Celebrini. Obviously, it's not every year that a freshman wins the the Hobie Baker. I believe last year was Adam Fantilli, who was a freshman, who won it. And you obviously have Jack Eichel, who won it when he was a freshman at BU in 2015. But he, Celebrini, has all the pieces, all the tools to, to absolutely to win it. I think I'm very intrigued at what he's able to do as a freshman. We kind of mentioned it earlier with him. So he's another. Will Smith going to stick on that. I think just as offensively dynamic as it gets. One of the most creative playmakers I've seen at his age group. Like just an outstanding, outstanding player. I think he makes a big impact at BC. The question is, does that outdo other kids around the country? I think he has the tools to do it. I, I think he has the tools to do it. I would put him at three. Cutter Gauthier is another one from BC, I think, coming into his sophomore year. He was 37 points in 32 games last year. 
kind of got overlooked just because BC was not one of the dominant teams, wasn't as good as they usually are, but he was solid. I mean, he, he produced. And then another one is Matthew Wood. I mentioned him a little earlier with UConn. Really good last year as a 17-year-old in, in college hockey, which is crazy. 17 years old and basically what's become, we mentioned this, Stephanie, with, with the transfer portal, playing guys who are 23, 24, 25. He's out there as a 17-year-old kid just lighting it up. So those are my, I would say those are my five favorites. Some other, two others I have, Scott Morrow of UMass, really good defenseman. Very curious to see kind of the jump he makes in year three uh, with Greg Carvel. And then uh, Colin Graff at Quinnipiac was third in the country in points last year with 59. He's a national champion, which is the biggest thing you can be. And I'm very interested to see what kind of next steps he takes at Quinnipiac. But yeah, I mean, Hudson, Celebrini, Smith, Gautier, Wood would probably be my five. And there are some other younger guys, but I just think that of those five, I think they probably have the best chance at the Hobie from uh, locally. And how could we really not have Lane Hudson at the top of that list, right? Exactly. After just what what an incredible season last year as a freshman, as you said, just, you know, he basically collected every award possible, right? Last yes. year and as yeah. a freshman and game-winning goal in the hockey's championship, right? And we had assistant men's hockey coach of BU, Kim Brantfold, on the show. He mentioned and Kim's worked with athletes of all levels and and in all ages and et cetera. And just he said he's one of the best players he's ever worked with. And let's not forget, Evan, this is not a guy with a ton of size either, right? On the, oh. on the blue line. And he's just so dynamic. And Kim mentioned just his compete and just his his dynamic play and simply just his vision is just far different and and separates him from several other players he's ever worked with that's why it is interesting to see obviously the focus of him this year is college but he's a draft pick of the canadians a really good draft pick of the montreal canadians i'm very curious to see how he progresses as into the nhl when that time comes like he's smaller i think in today's nhl the bigger defensemen are sort of the ones that get looked to the most and you don't have a lot of small guys i mean there's quinn hughes out in vancouver who's very good you're just named captain of the, the Canucks. I think it's it can sometimes be a little slippery slope in, in this league. I mean, you see the, the popular thing is Stanley Cup champions have bigger defensemen on the playoffs. That comes up that comes up big. Um, but Hudson has the tools to kind of break through that. And I'm curious, like Montreal is a very good developmental uh, team. You have Kent Hughes as the GM. You have uh, Marty St. Louis as the coach. Like they are good at developing guys. And I think that that's a good place for Lane Hudson to be in the future. Um, obviously, as I said, the, the focus is college, but I am curious to sort of see how he carves out an NHL role for himself at his size. I think he, by the way, can do it. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that translates from college to the pros. Yeah, it will be. Because again, we've seen some smaller players obviously transition to the NHL and be completely fine. But a lot of them have been forwards. Right. Exactly. So yep. he's a defenseman. I mean, he he reminds me a little bit, and I know they're different positions. Brian Flynn, who was a local product, went to Maine, played for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they're they're probably about the same size, but Brian was a forward. So again, yeah, we'll we'll wait to see, but no question he is probably gonna pick right up where he left off last year for Boston University. And he's a front runner possibly for Hobie Baker, but so is BU for not just a, a hockey east championship to repeat, but maybe national championship national championship status in the near future yeah i mean that we can jump right into that like i just think obviously new england had the national champion last year 
Prior to that, it was UMass in 21. It, I think it's not crazy to say that, I mean, we mentioned BU is the preseason number one team, so they're automatically the favorite for the national championship. But I think they hold on to that the whole year. Maybe not number one the entire year, but I think they're going to be a national championship contender from day one all the way through, through into the tournament. We've mentioned why. Quinnipiac, though, I also think is going to be in it. Quinnipiac, I believe, was number two, ranked number two in that USCHO poll. Uh, Sam Lipkin, Colin Graff, Jacob Qu- uh, Quillen, all back. They're big three offensively. I believe they're a line. And again, I think they're going to be back in it. They lost Yannick Peretz and Net, who's an outstanding goalie, but I still think they are a, uh, they're a really good team. Hard to repeat, though, Stephanie. It's very hard to repeat. I, I have a tough time thinking they'll repeat just because it is so tough, but they're 100% going to be in the tournament, I think. And they're going to contend because Rand Pecknold has that group always contending. And I just think that they have it. So I don't, I wouldn't put like for national championship contenders, I wouldn't put BC in that mix just yet. I wouldn't do it preseason. They're a very young team. Now, if BC, if, if Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Prove, two of those three stay for their second year, which maybe all three stay, we'll see. I mean, we don't know yet. If they stay for 24, 25, right? They might, that they will be a national championship contender. We will have them as that, depending on how the rest of the roster looks. I wouldn't put them there quite yet. Merrimack would not surprise me, by the way. It, I, don't, I wouldn't put them in the same league as BU and Quinnipiac. But, you know, veteran team, guys returning, goaltending tandem, good coaching. They went to the tournament last year. I don't think they liked how it turned out with the 5 nothing loss to Quinnipiac in the first round. Like, that's a team that's going to be hungry to get back. And I think they want, we mentioned this earlier, they want to prove they're not some flash in the pan. They actually want to make themselves kind of contenders every year. And so it would not shock me if Merrimack is in the mix for the, for the national championship, which is a crazy thing to say. But they have moved themselves into that category. And I think it says a lot about them. So I would say BU, Quinnipiac, and then like maybe Merrimack, I will put in those three. What about you? What are you thinking? I, I, you have to put Quinnipiac there, of course, right? Defending champions and BU. I mean, they are, they are getting back to that sort of dynasty type of a status, I believe. Right. And I, I think you're spot on with BC. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see continuous improvement from that program. I don't think they're quite there yet, right? Going into the season for the national stature, if you will. But uh, I think we're going to see them get better and better. And Merrimack, again, there's, let's, let's see. Did they catch lightning in a bottle or are they going to have sustainable su- success for the future? And I, I think they can do it as well. Yeah, I do. And, and again, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm not going to put them as national championship contenders, but like, I think teams like Providence, UConn, and even Maine, I think will make a push for the tournament. I believe in that USCHO poll, they were like, I want to say like Harvard was in there. We haven't really mentioned Harvard at all. They, but we talked about Harvard so much in that recruiting episode, Stephanie, that I think, I think we're done with Harvard for a bit. And we've talked about them so much, but there were, I think six, seven, eight new England schools in the top 20 for the poll. So I just think like, again, Northeastern, Yukon, Providence, Maine, I think they're all going to be tournament contenders. But in terms of national championship contenders, as we said, BU, Quinnip- BU Quinnipiac, and maybe Merrimack. So I would say those are the... And you know what? Having three from the region is pretty good. And I think during the season, we'll, we'll probably do another follow-up midway through the year or at the end. And things might have changed. There might be more contenders right. or less. So we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. 
I can't wait. I think it's going to be an incredible season. And I mean, I think we're just going to see some outstanding matchups. And, and again, I can't wait for the the classic, the BCBU. It's like the Bruins Canadians, the, the matchup that I think, but no question we're in for an outstanding season, great teams. And I hope you're right about you, Maine as well, Evan. Yeah, I hope I am too. Solely because I've, I've said so much about them, but yeah, I mean, again, they have the ingredients. The ingredients are there. The roster's there. The coaching staff is there. I, To me, I see Maine as a team that, that's going to be near the top of Hockey East. And it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if that happens. And if it does happen, if it does happen, everybody must congratulate me. And if it doesn't happen, then <laughs> we, this, get, this audio gets scrubbed. It's never happened. Yeah, the yeah. gets a new cover, everything. But <laughs> Funny. No, Maine, Maine's on the way up, which is good. Funny. Well, stay tuned, everybody. And Evan, as always, an absolute pleasure to talk hockey with you. And uh, no question, it's it's a lot of this stuff we're going to be spot on, I think, when we see the season unfold in front of us. Of course, I'm, I'm excited to follow it with you and we'll be doing more of these episodes. And everybody, that does it for this edition of RinkWise. Our podcast is produced by The David Yez. Be sure to catch us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Any Hockey Journal. And subscribe with us online at HockeyJournal.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. RinkWise is a Siemens Media production. 